Welcome to the Lake Point Church Weekend Messages Podcast. Thanks for joining us to hear the latest sermons happening at our church. We pray that God speaks to you in a timely way through this message. And if you're encouraged by this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and share it to help get the word out. You can find more digital content to feed your faith and our other podcasts by visiting lakepoint.church/digital. Now, let's tune into the message for today.
to the Lake Point Church and happy Easter. You guys stand up and sing with us as we start our service off, would you? Let's sing together.
Welcome to Easter here at Lake Palmer. So glad you're here. Would you sing this truth with us? How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night then through the darkness your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul the work is finished the end is written for Jesus Christ my living Come on, this is the reason we sing.
You may be seated. Would you join me in welcoming back our friend Alyssa Turner? Alyssa, so good to have you back with us. Hey, welcome. We are so glad you're here for this celebration. And a special welcome to those of you who are guests with us. If you are a guest, when you came in, you received a handout. Inside of that handout, there's a tear-off that says Easter Survey. And we're going to say a little bit more about that in the service. But right now, would you, if you're new with us, just fill out the short information that we're asking for there and uh, let us know that this is your first or second time here and then we want to send you some information back to you that we think will be helpful to you would everybody take that handout right now and just look on the back and what you're going to find there is you're going to find all of our regular service times at all of our campuses it may just be that you actually live closer to one of our campuses other than the rockwall campus and we hope you'll come back next week and join us we're going to start a brand new series called Seven Words That Will Change Your Life. And we really do believe that. In the next seven weeks, we're going to be looking at these simple words that have uh, the ability to literally revolutionize your life and mine. So I hope you, you will join us for that. Also, when you came in tonight, you received a bookmark. And uh, this is to remind you that in the next three weeks, when you come back to church, come and bring a book with you. Because 60% of the schools that are right around all of our campuses across the Metroplex do not have enough books to check them out to the children so they can go home and learn how to read with their parents. It's a desperate need. There's some information. If you'll read it, it's shocking how few good books there are. So from kindergarten to sixth grade, if you've had kids that age, you have books in your home that you're no longer using. Would you do this? Would you bring those books next week to any one of our campuses? And if somehow you don't have those books still laying around your house like we have laying around our house, uh, go and get some books. Go to Half Price Books. Go to Target. Get some books from kindergarten to sixth grade. Simple books for the preschoolers there or the kindergartners there to chapter books for the older kids. And we're going to make sure those uh, schools have those books. Uh, this is an exciting time of the year. I don't think you're here by accident today. I think God knew you would be in this room or you would be watching online at one of our campuses right now and he has a word for you I believe he has a word for me can we just open up our hearts right now and ask God to speak to us guys I don't know about you but I've never prayed that prayer that God didn't answer the prayer so let's expectantly ask him to speak into our lives today will you pray with me dear Heavenly Father we thank you for this occasion. We thank you for what you did for us so long ago that's still making a difference in our lives today. I know, dear Father, that there are probably some folks that are here today that have never invited you into their life. And I pray today in the name of Jesus Christ that they would take one step closer to having that miracle happen in their life. I know there are people in this room who many years ago invited you in, but for whatever reason, they've wandered away. And they're back here today because they're miserable being distant from you. And I pray that they'll know today that you still love them and there's still a place here for them. Speak to all of us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
All right, well, welcome uh, Lake Point family. If you got your Bibles, head over to Isaiah 44 and John 7. Isaiah 44 and John 7, and while you're turning there, uh, let me just go ahead and welcome you. My name is Josh, and um, I'm one of our uh, senior pastors here at Lake Point. And if you're new with us, we are incredibly honored that you're here. Uh, we all know this. We are gathering today to celebrate the greatest day in human history, the day that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ conquered sin, death, the grave, and now he lives to give life to all who call on his name. If you believe that, can you put your hands together? That's right. Happy, happy Easter, Lake Point family. Uh, I also wanna do this, um, Lake Point family, I need your help right now at all of our campuses, need your help. Uh, we know that this weekend we'll have thousands of people uh, joining with us who this might be your first time uh, at a Lake Point campus ever. Lake Point family, can you help me show our guests how honored we are that they're here? Dude, that's right, man. That's right, we are incredibly, incredibly honored. Uh, now, I do wanna just go ahead and can I acknowledge something? Uh, I do know that not everybody is here of their own volition. I know that many of you were the recipients of grandma's guilt trip and that it was, man, it sure would be nice to have the whole family at church just this one time. And in fact, uh, in uh, this week, getting ready for uh, the message, I heard a story um, uh, about somebody getting re ready to head to an Easter service recently. And uh, wife and husband were uh, in the house getting ready and, and the wife came down and she was all ready to go to the service 15 minutes early. And she came down and she saw her husband was there and he was still in his PJs. And she said, what are you doing? And he said, well, I don't wanna go to that church. And she said, well, why not? And he said, well, three reasons. Number one, nobody there is friendly to me. Number two, everybody is suspicious of me. And number three, I just don't like it. Uh, to which she responded, she said, well, number one, that's not true. People are friendly to you. You're just a jerk, back to them. Number two, the suspicions are all in your head. And number three, you're the pastor. And you've got, and so you've got, right? And so, uh, and so Jan and I had that conversation in our house about an hour ago, and, and here I am, it's good to be here. Uh, well, hey, uh, here's where we are, uh, Lake Point family. If I get your help, if we could all do something together. Um, we, uh, starting this year, we have something that, that we do on Easter. Uh, it is, it's Easter is the one time when everybody is here at the same time. And so we take uh, an, a, a spiritual survey on Easter. And if we go ahead and do this, if you could grab the handout that you got on your way in. Go ahead and grab that. Uh, even if you're not gonna fill it out, just grab it to boost my self-esteem. That's gonna help me tremendously. And if you'll open that guy, as you'll see on the right side, you'll see where it says 2019 Easter Survey. And right now, at all of our campuses, we're gonna have a tear-off party. And so if you do this, if you grab this guy on the count of three, we're gonna tear this off. One, two, three. Right, that's great. And if you could do this, uh, what we wanna do is um, you can help us out in a couple ways, okay? If you could fill uh, one part of this out right now. You'll see the survey, but then what I want you to find right now is the part where you'll see on the black side where it says, I'd like to hear a message on what the Bible says about, right here. And then there's some check marks. Now here's what we're gonna do with this. We need you to check the box or boxes uh, next to the things that you most would like to hear a message on what the Bible says about that thing. Now here's why we do that. Uh, Jesus often preached messages in response to questions from the crowd. And we wanna do the same thing. And so we're gonna take your responses, uh, aggregate those things, and we're gonna build a teaching series on your response and in just a few months, preach a sermon each week to answer some of the questions that you have. We always wanna make sure that our messages at Lake Point, they pass what we call the who cares test. And so if you could fill that guy out, 
uh, right here, there's a space for you to fill in the blank if something is not listed. And if you could uh, turn that in at the end of the service, that would help us tremendously. So just give us name and information on the front, and then this guy on the back, that'd be great, all right? Well, guys, here's where we are today. Um, we are in, uh, we're gonna be right here in just a second. Uh, what we're doing today is usually on Easter, uh, we preach about how Jesus was resurrected, okay? Here's what I wanna do today. I wanna preach about how Jesus is resurrection, all right? And uh, title of my sermon, I'm gonna go ahead and give it to you. Title of my sermon is Just Add Water. That's it, I think it's really good, all right? Just Add Water, all right? So if you got your Bibles, pick up with me in Isaiah 44, and then we're gonna skip over to John 7, and you'll see why here in a second, all right? So Isaiah 44, God says, I will pour, watch this, water on the thirsty land and streams in the desert. Bookmark that in your head. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. They will spring up like grass in a meadow, like poplar trees by flowing streams. Now watch this, verse five. Some will say, I belong to the Lord. Others will call themselves by the name of Jacob. Still others will write on their hand, the Lord. That's a good thing to write on your hand and will take the name Israel. All right, now, watch this. We're gonna skip forward to John 7 and watch something Jesus said. You're gonna notice something, okay? Jesus stands up in John 7, he says this. Uh, it says, on the last and greatest day of the festival, remember that, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, here we go. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them, all right? Now, let me point this out to you really quick. What I've got over here, I brought a visual aid. What I've got over here is I've got a bunch of items that are just add water, and some of them are pretty weird, okay? So number one, uh, I did, this was easy, found some Bisquick, just add water, you got some biscuits, all right? So that, that one's easy. Um, look over here, I got some, uh, th these were what I ate for snack when I was in elementary school in the 90s, some ramen noodles, that's what I had. Uh, all the time. Back here, it looks like we got some, uh, some Idahoan homestyle mashed potatoes. Idahoan, that is quite a word. That sounds like a verb, <laughs> by the way. And let me just say this. If you Idahoan, you need to stick around here for a few weeks. Let me just say that, all right? So this is what we got right here. Just add water, have some of those things. Uh, my assistant found a, uh, this is interesting. It is a grow a boyfriend, just add water. Am I need this? I'll go, okay, we'll do that later. Got that, and then uh, this was the weirdest one that they found. Uh, I didn't find this weirdest one they found. This is uh, Just Add Water Instant Underpants, okay? Just in case. Now, I was gonna toss this out to somebody, but I don't want any kid running around Dallas saying that his pastor gave him his underwear. Uh, that is how pastors get fired, and so I'm, <laughs> I'm not doing that. And then, uh, man, uh, where, are my 90s, where are my 90s kids at? Grew up in the 90s, okay? All right, man, this is my friends right here. Now, for you guys that grew up in the 90s, you know what this is, or if you were a parent of a young child in the 90s, you know what this is. Does anybody remember these little pills? Okay, if I put this in water, what is this gonna turn into? A dinosaur. Everybody knows the answer to that question. So when you get bored during the message, you can just watch and see what happens here. I got some other things over here. Okay, there's a bunch of stuff over here. Now, what I wanna point out to you is this. Here's what's interesting about all these things. Just add water items, watch this, they can never become what they were meant to be without water. They can never become what they were meant to be without water. Now, here's what's really interesting. In John 7, Jesus stands up and he says, if anybody is thirsty, 
Let him come to me and drink. And whoever believes from his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now, can I, can I teach for a second? Let me get teachy for a second here. Uh, I pointed this out. that It said that he stood up on the last day and the greatest day of this feast. And that's really interesting uh, for, for a couple of reasons. What's happening here is Jesus announces that he himself is the imminent fulfillment of what was prophesied in Isaiah 44. And he announces it at a really interesting moment on the, watch this, the last day and the greatest day of the feast. Now here's what's happening. In ancient Israel, there were three feasts throughout the year where God commanded the people, stop doing any work, I just want you to party. That's what he said, you're not allowed to work, you have to party for this entire week. And this feast was called the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Booths, okay? And it was where, what they did, is they commemorated and remembered how God cared for the children of Israel when they wandered throughout Egypt and they had to live in tents. Now, they did something really interesting to commemorate uh, this memory. What they did is, during the Feast of Booths, all of the Israelite families, they would move out of their houses, they would pitch almost like little pup tents in their front yards, and the whole family would go out and they would stay in these tents in the front yard so that they could remember God's faithfulness to their forefathers when they wandered through, uh, through the wilderness and had to live in tents. So you can imagine, mom and dad bring little David and little Sarah, toddler uh, Hebrew children out into the tent and just when they start grumbling in the night, you know, mom, the Wi-Fi doesn't reach out to the tent and you know, my Xbox is in the house, why do we have to be out here? What mom and dad would do is they would say, well, hey, son or hey daughter, what happened was your great great grandfather is God was faithful to bring him out of Egypt and he wandered through the wilderness and they lived in tents and our God was faithful to them when they lived in those tents. And so we do this to remember the faithfulness of God. And guys, here's why we did, they did that. They did that because forgetfulness is the greatest enemy of faith. It's when you forget what God did that you stop believing what God will do. And so they sat down and they remembered all these things and they told these stories to their children and they did some really interesting things during this feast, okay? Every day there was a new ceremony. Like on one day, they had like a lighting of the candles and they did that to commemorate how God went before the children of Israel as a pillar of fire protecting and guiding them uh, through the wilderness. Uh, on each day of the feast, there was uh, one part where they would all take a pail. They would all march uh, to the pool of Siloam, take a pail of water, bring it back to the altar, and pour out one bucket of water on the altar. To re and you, you, you'll remember why. To commemorate the time when they didn't have any water in the wilderness, and God commanded Moses, and Moses struck the rock with his rod, and out of that rock, flowed water for the people and they would tell those stories and they would remember. Now, on the last day of the feast, the great day, everything ramped up and the high priest would come out and he'd have a golden bucket. Come on, somebody, I want a golden bucket. And he'd take that golden bucket and they would all take their buckets, all with the high priest, all down to the pool of Siloam. They would all gather water from that pool. They would march back to the altar and they would just douse it with bucket after bucket after bucket, sometimes hundreds of thousands of buckets of water, and they would cry out in a loud voice, Psalm 118, 25. This has a point. They would cry out, save, O Lord, Redeem, 
Rescue us, O Lord. They'd be crying that out as they poured out this water, so much water. There's one Bible commentator, an old guy named J. Vernon McGee. He says that when Jesus stood up in John 7 and cried out, if anybody thirsts, let him come to me, that he would have been standing probably ankles deep in water. Now, watch this. That is the moment when Jesus stands up and he says that. He says, if anybody thirsts, let him come to me. And if anybody believes in me, rivers of living water will flow out of his heart. Now, here's what Jesus was saying. He was saying, everything that you've been doing in this feast is all about me. <laughs> that whole thing, everything you were doing was pointing forward to me. When you were lighting the candles, Listen, that pointed forward to me. I'm the light of the world. Uh, when you were commemorating, when Moses struck the rock and water flowed from it, Jesus was saying, I'm gonna go to the cross. I'm gonna be struck with the rod of God's judgment so that you can get living water that's gonna come from me. Jesus was saying, you're crying out, save, O Lord, redeem, rescue. He's saying, listen, heaven has heard your cry. God has sent his answer to that prayer, and I'm here. I'm here to rescue you. I'm here to save you, and anyone who will call on my name, I will do that for him. Jesus was saying, all of this stuff, it's all about me. Now watch this. The reason that Jesus says, if anybody thirsts, let him come to me, is he was saying, I am the answer to the deep thirst that you all have. I am the one, all the dead desert parts of you, I can bring you back to life. Now, can I, can I point out what Jesus is saying, okay? What Jesus is driving at is the fact that everyone everywhere, it's almost like we're born with like this ache that we just can't seem to shake. And it's like, it doesn't matter what you achieve in any area of your life, no matter what accomplishment you have, it's never enough to actually satisfy you. So it doesn't matter how you do in your job or with your health goals or with your financial goals. What happens is no matter how high a level you achieve, what you're gonna notice is you get there and then you think, man, I really thought it would be better than this. That wasn't quite it. Now, let me explain this and then let me illustrate this. The book of Ecclesiastes says that God has put eternity in the hearts of man. What that means is that we need something eternal, only something eternal can fill that gap of thirst in our souls, and anything else that we look to to fill that, it will always leave us thirsty. Let me say it to you another way. What Jesus is saying, he's saying you cannot satisfy an infinite thirst with a finite drink. Can't do it. You cannot satisfy an infinite thirst with a finite drink. Now, if you don't believe me and you don't believe the Bible, you'll believe Tom Brady, okay? So let me, let me do this real quick. A couple years ago, um, I ran across this interview in 60 Minutes where somebody sat down with Tom Brady, and you'll be able to tell this is a dated interview. Somebody sat down with Tom Brady after he had won his third Super Bowl ring. And the interviewer asked him the question, what is it like to be Tom Brady? And in a, 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 a unique moment of vulnerability, he kind of hung his head, and I wanna read you his response. This is what he said. He said, why do I have three, he now has six, now, why do I have three? Why do I have three Super Bowl rings and still think there's something greater out there for me? I mean, maybe a lot of people would say, hey man, this is what it is. I reached my goal, my dream, my life, but me, I think, God, it's got to be more than this. I mean, this isn't, this can't be what it's all cracked up to be. That's really interesting, that's Tom Brady. Now, can I, can I just point something out to you really quick? Ain't nobody in this room Tom Brady. 
Um, there are seven billion people. Think about this right now, okay? There are around seven billion people on planet Earth. Of those seven billion people, only 32 of them are starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Of those 32, there's only about 10 that aren't journeyman quarterbacks. Of those 10, there's one quarterback in the history of the NFL that's won six rings, Tom Brady. Guys, they did a 30 for 30 on Tom Brady's draft just to shame all of the teams that did not draft Tom Brady. That's how good Tom Brady is. Can I just say something that may, I hope this is not deflating to you. Tom Brady is wealthier than you, okay? Uh, can, I, can I say something maybe a little tougher? Guys, Tom Brady, he's better looking than you. Uh, I said that one time in a service a long time ago, a little old lady in the front said, amen. That's what she said, I'm like, okay, great, I understand. Listen, Tom Brady, he's got, think about this, six Super Bowl rings, Victoria's Secret supermodel wife, his net, net worth is in the hundreds of millions of dollars. The next great generation of quarterbacks will talk about how they grew up watching Tom Brady, and when they were nine, they were like, I just wanna be him someday. Can I just point something out to you? No one is ever gonna say that about you. There is no one anywhere, no little kid out there someday is gonna say, man, when I was nine, I saw Stan from accounting fill out that spreadsheet, and I just knew if I applied myself that someday, that's not gonna happen. They will build a statue of Tom Brady outside of Gillette Stadium when he's done, but watch this. And yet he still wakes up every day and thinks, God, it's got to be more than this, why? because you cannot satisfy an infinite thirst with a finite drink. Can, can I be like, I did Tom Brady, can I do me real quick? <laughs> um, let me be super raw with you. Um, if I look back at my life, what I've noticed is that I have this pattern of thinking that happiness is always around the corner of like life's next great accomplishment. So like, if I, I'm gonna be super real with you. I, I remember like being in middle school and thinking, man, if I can just get a hot girlfriend, then I'll be happy. Okay. And then like that happened eventually. And then I was like, man, if I can just find, finally find my wife, okay, well, well then, I'll, then I'll be happy. And then that happened and uh, Jan and I, our first year of marriage, we were making $27,000. And I was like, man, if, if we just had a t combined take home pay of more than $27,000, well then I'd be happy. And then uh, we moved to Nashville and our condo in Louisville wouldn't sell so we had to live with my parents for a year. And then I thought, man, if we just didn't have to share a bedroom wall with my parents, well then, then I, by the way, can I just say this? I do not recommend sharing a bedroom wall with your parents during your first three years of marriage. Can I just say that? I was like, man, if I don't have to do that, well then I'll finally be happy. And then this is where I just wanna be super real with you. And then I became a pastor. And just like you, I like had visions of how I wanted God to use me. And there was a time in my life where I was like, man, if the church that I was pastoring was more than 90 people in a school, well then man, maybe someday I'd be happy. And can I be super raw with you? Now listen, before I say this, let me just be upfront. Uh, guys, I am way, I am way past thinking ministry success will ever satisfy the thirst in my soul. But I remember when God called me to ministry and when I was in middle school, I remember writing in my journal that someday I wanted to be used by God to preach to 10,000 people. And when this weekend is done, somewhere around 30,000 people will hear this message. And I won't be one, wait, wait, wait that's not a clap. <laughs> not a clap. <laughs> Listen, I wanna be super straight with you. Somewhere around 30,000 people hear this message. That won't make me one iota happier than I was before this weekend. Do you know why? Because you cannot satisfy an infinite thirst with a finite drink. It doesn't matter what that is. Listen, this is really interesting. Let me do you now. 
You guys, do you know what the, um, you know what the fastest growing addiction is in my generation and down? It's not drugs, it's not alcohol, it's social media. Average, uh, average person my generation and down checks their social media accounts 87 times a day. Okay, now I'll think about this. Do you know why that is? Because we have this ache that we can't shake. And so what we do is we look to the approval of people to fill that void. And so 87 times a day, we get our phone out and boom, 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 boom. Did they like it? Did they comment on it? Did they follow me back? This is, the irony of this has never been lost on me is that you get out your phone and at the top right of your, your web browser, there's that little round arrow that you click to change the page. What do we call it? We call it the refresh button. This is fascinating to me. So my generation and down, what we do is we get out our phone and 87 times a day we hit refresh, 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 and you're never refreshed. Do you know why? Because you cannot satisfy an infinite thirst with a finite drink. Now some of you guys are like, well that's why I don't get on Facebook, okay? Well fine, why do you go to the mall? Fine, why do you have to have a new better car every 18 months? Why is $100,000 a year not enough? You gotta have 180. Why is executive vice president not enough? You wanna become senior vice president. Why is a $4.2 million company not enough? You wanna get to that elusive $6 million mark. Why? It's because you're trying to satisfy an infinite thirst with a finite drink. And do you know when Jesus stands up and he says, man, if anybody thirsts, if he'll just come to me, anyone who believes, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Do you know what he's saying? He's saying to humanity, he's saying, man, you've been going to that same stream your whole life and you're still dying of thirst. Why don't you try something else? He's saying, I'm the one, I can do that. Now, what he said was, remember, he said, out of your heart will flow a stream of living water and he's hearkening back to that Isaiah 44 passage where God said, I'll make streams flow in the desert. He's saying, that's what it's like when somebody comes to me, streams that flow in the desert. Now, uh, in prep for this message, I was like, man, you know, we live in Dallas, we don't live in the middle of a desert, at least sometimes, right? So I was like, how can I help them understand this? So this is a picture of, uh, uh, here's what I brought. I brought a picture of the world's driest desert. Um, <clears throat> this is the Atacama Desert. It's in Chile, it's the driest desert in the world. There are some parts of this desert where they've had weather stations there for seven years, and those weather stations have never even registered a single drop of water. Okay, Atacama Desert. Um, in 2015, something really interesting happened in the Atacama Desert. There was this series of really weird weather mishaps that all happened at the same time, and they redirected a, a, a huge storm system off of the ocean and into the Atacama Desert so that the equivalent of seven years of rainfall fell in that desert in a day. Now here's what's interesting. Uh, overnight, this was transformed into that. Uh, if you can't see it uh, close enough, let me, let me give you a little close up. Here's what you're seeing. You're seeing millions and millions of these. That's a picture of the world's driest desert in full bloom. It's also a picture of what the merest presence of Jesus can do to the dead places of your life. He's living water. 
Now, this is so interesting. Uh, if you put those goggles on that Jesus is water and you read through the gospels, you'll start noticing everywhere, it's like everywhere Jesus goes, he's like this life-giving stream everywhere he goes. Um, so for instance, uh, you, get, you guys remember there was one time where a woman, the Bible says, that had a discharge of blood, which would have made her ceremonially unclean. Uh, she was walking around and, and what she thought apparently was, man, if I can just touch Jesus, then it'll change for me. And you guys know this, that all throughout the Bible, anytime an unclean thing touched a clean thing, the unclean thing made the clean thing unclean, okay? But this woman just had a sense that Jesus was different. <laughs> so she runs through this crowd, she's like, man, I just wanna touch the hem of his garment. And she reached out and she touched just the hem of his garment. And the Bible says, immediately her flow of blood stopped. And you guys understand what happened? Whereas all throughout the Bible, if a clean thing touched an unclean thing, the unclean thing made the clean thing unclean, Jesus worked it backwards. With Jesus, if an unclean thing touches the clean thing, the clean thing made the unclean thing clean. Why? Because he's water. He's a cleansing agent. I'll give you another one. Do you guys remember uh, there was one time where a, a, a ruler, a wealthy person, had a daughter that was really sick, and he was like, man, if I can just get to Jesus, and so he runs to Jesus like, Jesus, Jesus, my daughter's dying, you gotta come. And Jesus starts coming, but he doesn't come in time, and so the man's daughter is dead by the time Jesus gets there. And he's like, oh man, Jesus, we missed it. And you know, he's mourning, and Jesus says, wait. <laughs> and he says, ask for everybody to back up. And I want you to imagine this, that Jesus just, he just kneels down beside this little girl's bed, and the Bible actually records the original Aramaic Jesus looked at this little girl and he talked to her like she was just taking a nap. And the original language, what he said was talithakum. Um, if you translated that into modern English, that's like what I say to my four-year-old when I wanna wake her up on Saturday morning for a daddy-daughter donut date. And Jesus just speaks to this girl like she's just taking a nap. He says talithakum, what that means is little girl, arise. And he just takes her by the hand and he lifts her through the sheet of death. And she lives. Why? Because <laughs> he's water. He's a life-giving agent. Um, now, some of you guys may hear that. And if you are a thinking person, you may be going, man, how could a righteous God do all those wonderful things for unrighteous people? You know, it's really interesting. Um, remember, what we know from the Bible is that when Jesus went to the cross, he wasn't just dying for you. The Bible says he was actually dying instead of you. Uh, my favorite picture of this in the entire Bible, it actually happens in the Old Testament in Genesis 48. You may have never noticed this before. In Genesis 48, there's a time where Joseph brings his two sons to his father Jacob to bless them. And you remember in those days, it was always the older son that got the privileges. The older son got the majority of the family fortune, the house, the legacy. If you remember the story, when Joseph brings his two kids to Jacob, he begins to stretch out his hands to bless one of them, but he's blind. And so in the story, he crosses his hands and his hand of blessing falls on the younger son and Joseph begins to protest. He says, Jacob, Jacob, you're doing it wrong. And Jacob says, no, this is how God would have it because he was giving us a picture of the Messiah. You see at the cross, God crossed his hands. 
He gave to Jesus what was coming to us and to us what was coming to Jesus. Theologians call this the great exchange. The hand of curse fell on Jesus and the hand of blessing fell on us and he removed our transgression from us and removed righteousness from Jesus and he switched them so that Jesus got the curse we deserved and we get the blessing that Jesus deserved. You see, he became sin and we became righteousness. He thirsted so you could be satisfied. You see, that's right, that's right. Now, if you're, if you're looking for the ultimate example, you wanna know the ultimate example of Jesus as water? You know, this, this is interesting. You know, as a pastor, I'm just interested in people of faith in general. So uh, it's interesting that in almost every faith besides Christianity, the adherents of that faith, at some point, they make a pilgrimage to the place where their founder is buried. So for instance, um, this is a picture, it's called the Mosque of the Prophet. And every year, tens of millions of Muslims gather here around Mecca, at the Mecca, right? And they get here, and this is, again, this is called the Mosque of the Prophet because this is the burial site of Muhammad, the founder of Islam. And tens of millions of Muslims gather in this place, circling and circling for days, just hoping to touch the place where their founder is buried. Uh, Islam is not the only religion in which this is the case. So this is another picture. This is called the Cave of the Patriarchs. And every year, tens of thousands of Jewish people, they gather here at the reported burial site of their father in the faith, Abraham, and they gather here just hoping to be in the place and catch a glimpse of the place where Abraham, their father in the faith, is buried. Okay, I'll give you one more. This is a place called the Temple of the Tooth. And every year, tens of thousands, maybe even millions of Buddhists, they travel to this place because supposedly a tooth from the Buddha, the founder of their faith, is enshrined here. And so they come, just hoping to come in contact with a place where their founder is buried. But Christians have no such place that we can go for a Mecca, a place where the founder of our religion is buried. Why? Because he is not there, he is risen. He got up out of a grave, we don't have a grave to go to, there is no body to go find. Every place, listen, graves become gardens when Jesus Christ enters into our midst because he's living water. Now listen, here's what that means for you. You might be here and you might be like, man, I'm too messed up or you think your addictions are too strong or your mistakes are too severe. Guys, God breathed life into a dead body. He breathed courage into a cowardly Peter. He breathed love into a hateful Paul. He breathed self-control into a lustful Augustine. And when you believe, he can breathe new life into you. He can do that for you. And listen, that may, his promise is not that when you believe in him, that he will do all of that immediately. His promise is that he will do it inevitably because when Jesus was raised from the grave, the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is at work in you, resurrecting you for anyone who calls on him by faith. Nelson, what I need you to see is that God is still doing that today. He's doing that today. Now, I want you to see what that looks like in the life of somebody in our church. So check this out with me. Um, well, I was born in North Dallas and uh, Growing up, um, I saw my, my mom and my stepdad constantly fighting. You know, sometimes it was physical, and they would do it in front of us. Uh, we would go to church sometimes, 
I always say, like, the foundation wasn't right. My mom would come and, you know, still live her life and do her thing, you know. At the age of 13, I started smoking weed. And I always tell people that's a gateway drug because it, it opens doors, you know, for the enemy to come in and, and, you know, put more things in your mind. And it just really caught my attention. I wanted to be a thug. That's, that's what I wanted, you know. Smoking weed turns into popping pills and, you know, uh, drinking alcohol. At the age of 19, I, I met uh, my wife. And uh, she struggled with the same addiction. It eventually becomes to cocaine, you know, and I was, you know, entangled in that for such a long time. At the age of 23, we split up, and that's really when, I, like, I really, like, fell into a deep, deep hole. We started trying to work things out again. So after that, she gets pregnant. It was hard to forgive each other because we had both been with other people. We were constantly arguing, constantly arguing. I still struggled with my, with my addiction. You know, when she had the baby, you know, we came home from the hospital. They gave her pain medication. So I ended up taking all the pain medication. Um, started working through the life group like I just saw the love like man somebody cares about me I stopped using drugs and, and you know I've been clean a little over two years now before we got married we got baptized together and you know it was a beautiful moment just for me and my wife if we asked the question To me, you're a broken life's world. 
found, I found happiness, man. Like, I never experienced this happiness, you know, until I accepted uh, Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Yeah, man, and uh, listen, the same thing that happened to Michael, that can happen to you because he is the resurrection and he is the life. <laughs> Here's what I know, man. You know, I, I know if you're new here especially, you may be looking around and you're like, man, what happened to him could never happen to me. I could never fit in among these people, you know. You're walking in, you're seeing everybody, they got all their kids in their nice little outfits and their sweet little cars and you know, everybody's got their little bow ties on. I could never fit in. Let me just say this. Um, I've only been here about four months, but even in these four months, I know some things about these people. <laughs> and if you knew what I knew about them, you would not be sitting as close to them as you are. <laughs> what I know is that you are sitting next to you at all of our campuses. You are sitting next to people who got kicked out of schools. You are sitting next to people who had incredibly foul mouths or people who had multiple affairs. You are worshiping next to some people who had more divorces than they can count on one hand. You are worshiping next to people who are self-identified parenting failures, people who have been released from prison. There is nothing on the internet they have not viewed. There is no substance. These people have not snorted, swallowed, sniffed, or shot up. Some, some of them were full of bitterness, some of them full of racism. But God changed them, not because they were decent people in need of a second chance, but because they were dead people that Jesus made alive. That is who you're sitting next to. And so listen, this is usually the spot in the message where I'd say, man, if everybody could bow their heads and close their eyes, but I'm not gonna do that. And so if you could do this, can we go back to that survey that we started at the beginning? Could you grab that for me right now? Everybody go ahead and grab it real quietly, just reverently right now. Even if you're not gonna fill it out, just grab it to boost my self-esteem again. Just get that guy. And look for the spot where it says A, B, C, and D. And here's what I wanna ask you to do. I'm not asking you to make a decision. That's not what I'm asking. I'm asking you to simply identify where you already are right now. That's what I'm asking. And so if you could do this, I just want you to self-identify where you stand in your relationship with Christ. So, so do this, where it says A, B, C, and D, I want you right now to check A. Check A if you're a person who you'd say, man, I'm already in a relationship with Christ. I'm in a fully committed relationship with him. I'm giving him my whole life. You know, I'm not letting anything come in between, between him and I. You know, we're, we're good, that kind of thing. So a vibrant relationship with Christ. If you're already in that relationship, I want you to check A, okay? Now B, I want you to check B right now. If what you'd say is, man, I need to begin or I'm beginning a real relationship with Jesus. Maybe for the first time, maybe you'd say, man, for the first time in a really long time, like I'm coming back to him, that kind of thing. But if you're a person who'd say, man, I need to cross a line of faith, uh, I just want you to check B. I need to begin a relationship with Jesus. So go ahead and check that. Now C. C is the entire reason this church was planted in the first place. Um, I want you to check C if you'd say, man, I just need to consider it a little more first. You know, this is a place we say, we say that this is a place where it's okay to belong before you believe. You can hang out with us, kind of figure out what you believe about Jesus, that's fine. But check C if you go, I just need to consider it a bit more first. And then D, and again, it's okay, it's a safe place to be honest. 
I want you to check D if you'd say, I don't ever intend on making that decision. I just want you to be honest. I don't ever intend to make that decision. So do that right now. A, B, C, or D. Just go ahead and check it right now in your seat. And now here's what I wanna do, okay? I wanna pray over our church. And especially, I wanna pray for you if you're a B person. If you'd say, man, I need to begin a real relationship with him, or I need to begin one again. Can I just pray for you right now? If we could, at all of our campuses right now, bow our heads, close our eyes. And if that's you, if you're in that B category, would you just pray this with me? Just pray, dear Jesus, I confess that I've ignored you and gone my own way. I realize that I need you in my life and I'm sorry for my sins. I ask you to forgive me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. As much as I know how, I wanna follow you from now on. Please come into my life and make me a new person inside. I accept your free gift of salvation. Thank you for adopting me as a son or a daughter of God. Now keep your heads bowed, keep your eyes closed, and I just wanna ask you to do something. If you prayed that prayer from an earnest heart to begin a relationship with Christ, you know, I really believe that something solidifies in you spiritually when you respond physically. And so on the count of three, I'm just gonna ask you all of our campuses, uh, when I get to three, I just want you to shoot your hand up in the air when I get to three. Don't you ever be ashamed of what God is doing in your life. So when I get to three, would you just shoot your hand up in the air if you prayed that prayer today? Okay, one, God loves you. <laughs> Two, you came here for a reason today. Three, just put your hand up in the air right now. Oh, real high, oh, praise Christ. Real high, real high, every campus, real high. Amen, and amen, amen, amen. And amen and amen. Let's celebrate the hundreds of people who just crossed the line of faith today. Guys, we wanna help you on this journey. You can't do it by yourself. And so if you would take that response card, that survey that where you've marked B on there and you put your name and your, you put your email address, drop that in the offering plate as we're gonna pass it here in just a moment. Uh, those of you who call Lake Point your home, go ahead and prepare to participate in the offering right now. But the rest of you who are guests with us, just give us that filled out survey form. If somehow it gets by you before you can find a pen and fill it out, you can drop it at the black boxes that are all the doors. It's so important that you follow through on what you just prayed about. Listen to me, don't wait years to take the next step. You'll regret it, you really will. Let us know about the decision that you've made. And uh, right now we're going to take an offering. Those who call Lake Point their church home are gonna give. Thank you for your generosity. Because of your generosity, great stuff happens all year long. Uh, stories like this one right here. One of the great ministries here at Lake Point is what we call Choice Day. It's where we provide food resources for needy families. At a recent Choice Day, we were able to reunite with an old friend, Candy Price. Candy actually grew up here at Lake Point. In fact, she was baptized in our student ministry. But as life went on, she began to drift away from the Lord, established a relationship with a gentleman that 
Uh, together they had five children. And then domestic violence became a part of her experience. Some of you will remember the news stories from 2017 where she was actually kidnapped by this gentleman, shot several times, and escaped from a speeding car. After that, she came back to Lake Point wanting her kids to grow up knowing about the love of God. And in the process, we learned that she had a transportation need as a single working mom. Uh, recently, Pastor Josh was able to share some very good news with her and give her a gift from the people of Lake Point. So, Candy, we, uh, we heard, you know, about your story. And specifically, we heard about you having the five kids, don't have a way to get around with them, no way to get to and from a job, nothing like that. We, your church family, wanted to be a part of what God is doing in your life, and, and we wanted to bless you and help take care of that need. And so, Candy, if you look right over there, uh, we have bought this van for you to help take care of your kids and help change your life. Oh and so, Candy, God. that belongs to you. <laughs> what do you think? I think it's awesome. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, yeah, we good. Thank y'all so much. Thank you, for real. Now guys, stories like that happen every single day because of your generosity. Thank you for giving in a faithful way. Let me ask the Lord to bless our offerings today. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for uh, being so generous to us. Thank you for the occasion that we celebrate this weekend, that a generous God became poor that we might be made rich. Thank you for your forgiveness, thank you for your love, thank you for the lives that were changed today and the lives that will be changed through those lives as they're generous with others. In Jesus' name, we pray all these things. Amen.
exactly what the song says. Lift our voices loud and confidently to our King tonight. We sing. Thanks for listening today. For more biblical teaching and worship, join us for our church online live weekend services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 9.30 and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. For more information about all the digital ministries of Lake Point, visit lakepoint.church/digital. slash